Hey, Josh Wilber here with Making Bank. Super excited for today's guest in this episode. It's going to blow your mind. Make sure you guys have your pens, your paper, all that stuff ready to go and listen and watch this episode. Make sure you pay attention and take notes. It's going to blow your mind. Today's episode, we're going to dive into real estate mindset, what you can do right now with market conditions, how you can come out ahead in the next 18 to 24 months, as well as who you should be surrounding yourself with. So again, guys, check out today's episode with Pace Morby. Uh, it's going to blow your mind and take those notes and make sure you guys like and share this episode. I hope you guys are enjoying these episodes of Making Bank. Please share these with your friends, your family, whoever you think that this show can impact as well as like and share and leave those comments below. The guests like to see the comments and they come back and love to answer your questions. So post your questions uh, below this episode. So thanks again for watching Making Bank. You are-, you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. Pace Morby has spent over $100,000 on bad advice, but it all started with a $1 million bankruptcy letter that essentially derailed his construction business. But what looked like an omen was actually a turning point. This path led him to creative finance, the most effective and affordable way to get started in real estate. Now it's Pace's job to spread this message, teach others to build generational wealth, and show people how you can reach the finish line from any starting point. He's inspiring entrepreneurs and investors to make a massive impact. So I'm super excited to welcome Pace Morby to Making Bank today. Josh, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, man. Well, super excited to jump on. Got the, got your hat here. My daughter at a real estate conference. Quick backstory. Walked right up to you and was like, all right, Pace, I want your hat when you get off stage. <laughs> yeah, you got your whole family is super cool, man. That was your daughter is walking up to me. Can I have your hat? I was like, Yes, you sure can. <laughs> it's one of those things, it's like that uh pattern interrupt, you know? Oh yeah. It, what's funny is she's spiraled a whole like domino effect of other people that now every time I get off stage, somebody asks me for my hat just from that post. <laughs> so I've given so out now you gotta have like hats. extra hats, right? Yeah, yeah. I have one I have like a my trucker style hat and then i've got one that i can fold and put in my back pocket just in case somebody asks me for the hat but it's like it's become a thing that's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> i'll have to tell her she started a a hat, a hat trend for you yeah she she it was awesome cool man well i uh, excited to have you on the show today um uh, followed you for a long time a lot of your real estate advice and what you've been doing and kind of give our audience that may not know you that like little bit of one percent just kind of your background kind of how you got started as an entrepreneur and kind of a little bit about your journey. I'm very lucky, guys. Very, very lucky. I grew up in a household with an entrepreneur. It's all I knew. I watched my dad hustle 60, 80 hours a week to support a family of 12 children. And so it's ingrained in me to work hard. That's never been an issue for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you brought up something at the very beginning intro, Josh, mindset, right? A lot of yep. people, I'm I, like I DM so many people DM people DM me and they're like, number one thing they say is like, I can't believe you actually answer your DM. I love communicating with people. I love hearing their stories. 99.999% of the problem is people's lack of mindset or improper mindset that was given to them. 
I was very lucky. My dad taught me to love working. My mom taught me to love working. I am addicted to work. You have to tell me to stop because it's I'm like a teenager playing a video game. You have to remind me to stop. This is like <laughs> my version of a video game. I just want to work. I just want to create value. I want to explore new things, find out new things. I want to break the mold all the time. And so that was given to me at a young age. Unfortunately, what I learned from my parents was not real estate. What I learned from my parents was to trade time for money. So I did that through my 20s. And anytime I would ask my dad for advice, which at the time, that was the best mentor I had, I would say, dad, I want to make more money. My dad's answer was, well, you need to work harder. That was always his answer. You need to work harder and take on more jobs as a contractor. And uh, it wasn't until somebody came along in my 27th year on this planet, she grabbed me by the shoulder, said, why aren't you in real estate? I said, I am in real estate. Don't you see all these houses I'm flipping for other people? And she's like, no, 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 no. You're not in real estate. They're in real estate and you're a service provider. Punch me in the gut. You know, not even possible for me to like get the wind knocked out of me right in that situation. Right. So I said, how do I get started in real estate? She gave me the path. I started doing, I started doing deals and became addicted to working in real estate. And I would tell you that the majority of the things I do on a daily basis now are have a, a team of 700 people on my, wow. that I employ, nine different businesses. We have about 1,800 doors um, all, all over the country. I have a map of all my deals right here. I don't know if I have a different camera angle you can see. There you go, boom. There's the map of all the deals that we have all over the country and we update it every day. And I specialize in not using any of my own money. I specialize in a lot of zero down, 0% seller finance deals. I specialize in taking over a lot of people's existing mortgages subject to sub 4% interest, both single family homes and multifamily homes. And we don't use any credit. And I get a lot of DMs from people that say, Pace, I want to get my first deal. How do I get a zero down deal? That's like the number one question I get on a daily basis. So that's what I do. That's what I spend my time on is helping people figure that out. That's awesome. And so you back when, uh, as you were coming along and you had that entrepreneurial upbringing by trading time for money, and what are you doing different now? Obviously you're in real estate, but I mean, what are you doing different now from a work standpoint of methodology, process, wherever that may be, time. How many things, man. First and foremost, don't partner with anybody remotely close to your own personality style. That was my, that was my dad's biggest downfall, watching him all the way while I was growing up. He would partner with his mirror, like the person that was exactly like him, mm. a friend, a golf buddy. And eventually his partner, his companies would get to a point where he's making good money, and the, but they would implode over and over and over and over. And so my dad was a serial entrepreneur. He had to go start new businesses all the time. And it wasn't until somebody, I hired a business coach when I was about 30 and he, my business coach essentially dissected where all my beliefs came from. And he found one of the beliefs of partnerships stemmed from watching my father partner with really similar people to my dad. They weren't bad people, but right. what happened is my dad partnered with them the businesses fell apart and then they became bad people in my household because my dad would come home and go, these good for nothing, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so uh, one thing I do incredibly different than I used to in my 20s is I refuse to partner with people anywhere similar to me. And a really good book to focus on to, to solve that problem for people is Rocket Fuel by Gina Whitman. Really yep. great book, Rocket Fuel. And so I have nine businesses and I have nine operating partners that are not on camera. They're in the office and they keep me away from the office. I'm never in the office. 
I'm out generating new relationships, new business ideas, creating culture. I stop by the office to have lunch with the team every once in a while, but for the most part, it's handled by my polar opposite in personality. That's number one. Number two, man, I, I don't exchange time for money. That That's a really big deal. I, I, I basically, sure. like even yesterday, I went to Disneyland, spent 12 grand on the VIP experience. And now I think about money as a tool rather than money as money. And there was a point in my life in the tw- in my 20s when, like, let's say I had 20 grand in the bank and my living expenses were $5,000 a month. I didn't look at that 20 grand as a tool to go make another 20 grand. I looked at that 20 grand as four months of living expenses, a completely different mm. mindset. And I can tell you the majority of people coming up in business, that's also how they look at their bank account. They look at it and they go, that's not a, a war chest of, of, you know, shields and swords and how to go conquer the world. That is, that's my living expenses. That's how I survive. And now I just, the, the big mindset di- difference was, if there's money in my bank account, where else could it be put to use to go out and get more money? And the 12 grand that it cost me to go to Disneyland yesterday for the VIP experience came from an Airbnb that produced that much money for me. And I'm sitting there going, man, I'm playing a game of Monopoly <laughs> rather than exchanging my time for money. And now I exchange my money for time. Mm, that's super important too. I think one of the things you said, there's a lot of pieces here I'm trying to pull out was you didn't just take 12 grand out of your bank account. You have a property that generated income for you that you then took to spend on your trip. I think that's significant. Well, I, if you hear that here, I'll give you a 30 second snapshot of this deal. Ladies in foreclosure, January, 2022. So last year and a couple months ago, she's in foreclosure. I come in, stop her from foreclosure, take over her existing bank note at 3% interest, I take that house, which now I'm the owner of, no credit check, no credentials, nobody checked my bank history, my tax returns. I closed on that property in three three days. I turned that property into an Airbnb and it more than made the payment for better part of a year. And then I sat down with my team about six months ago and I said, Some, that, that property is such a great property in Atlanta. I don't know why it's not producing a ton of money. And so what we did is we actually converted it right? So things aren't always perfect. So you convert, right. we converted it from Airbnb to a an insurance rental, which a lot of people don't talk about. There's a company called ALE Solutions that actually will place people who have been displaced from, let's say, a flood or something bad happened to their property, the hot water heater burst or something like that, and they need a place to live. They're not going to go live in a hotel. The insurance company pays us to house them. Oh, wow. And the insurance company paid me 70 grand for a three month booking. So over $20,000 a month on a property that I took over a $2,500 monthly payment on. So my net profit on that deal every month is like 15 G's. And I didn't have to use my credit. I didn't have to go to the bank. I didn't have to show tax returns. I didn't use any of my own money. And it's spitting out a net profit of $15,000 a month from an insurance company paying somebody else's rent on this property at such an inflated rate. And I take that money and I, it, this is the cool thing, that 15 grand that I take, I go and pay for an experience for not only my wife, my kids, but I bring my videographer, I bring three people from my team, I bring Jamil Damji who's on my TV show with me and it becomes now a business expense rather than a vacation. And so mm. it's just this freaking game is that when you're making money, 
how do how do you deploy that money properly so that it's not a family vacation it's actually a business expense a community building thing a team building thing and i get i get a write off it's it's a freaking write off the free right. money that i received <laughs> and the experience of disneyland was actually the whole thing was a write off it's just i didn't know this stuff in my 20s nobody teaches this stuff in school man no, not at all so how did you go from obviously that mindset of like all right i have you know, the next four months of living expenses to boom, you know, this 20 K is my war chest money. It's, it's going to generate me more income and stuff. Cause a lot of people are stuck. And we talked about mindset a little on and earlier on in the show, but they're stuck in that position. What did it take? Or what did you do to switch that? It's never how, right? I always tell people it's never how I did anything. It's always who showed me it was possible mm. is way more important. So Right. Think about when people are, when like Kobe Bryant was coming up in basketball, better yet, think about like Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, a lot of these really famous golfers now, how did they become so prolifically good at golf? Well, guess what they did? They watched Tiger and they watched what he did and they said, I want to be like that. I want to beat that person. And so I found mentors. I found other operators that I instead of having like Michael Jordan dunking a basketball or shooting game six winning shot on my wall as a poster, I got photos of me hanging out with people I really look up to in real estate. And I go, how do I steal your game plan? How do I steal your fadeaway? How do I steal your hook shot? How do I steal your, you know, your crossover? How do I steal all of these moves from you just by watching you and emulating you and being around you? And so it wasn't even by choice. It's by essentially osmosis, right? And when you're around people doing cool things, you wake up one day going, man, I'm doing a lot of cool things somehow. Was I'm not a pioneer. I'm really good at emulating people that I adore and people that I look up to. And so it was always who, it was never how. Uh, yeah, I think that's really, I mean, is huge because then people are like, oh, how did you do it? Thinking that, but it's, you know, who, how did, you know, where did you learn it? You know, who is that yeah, person? Yeah, re like a really good example. I started doing real estate deals because somebody around me was doing real estate deals. And I'm talking to that person who's doing real estate deals. We're at lunch, hanging out, talking shop, not talking about the t a TV show we watched or some sporting thing that we watched or whatever else. Because I wasn't at the point where I, 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 I now, I could go, you know, I could go do whatever I want now and talk about whatever I want now. But if you're broke, you better not be talking about what TV show you watched last week, right? <laughs> right. TV's great, but it should be a reward, not, you know, a, a, a time suck. So yep. I'm sitting there having lunch with a guy named Steve Trang. A lot of people know him in the industry. And he's sitting there just rattling off this conversation about a title company that he owns. And I go, you own a title company? Like I'm opening, I'm opening escrow. I'm doing my transactions and paying a title company to do all my paperwork. But you own one? And he goes, yeah, like that's the natural evolution. And just that one line <laughs> from somebody you adore or somebody you look up to, you go, oh, not only is it possible, but somebody I know is doing it and they're, you know, surprise, surprise, people are not that smart. We all think that these people are highly successful, actually really smart. They're not. They just take action. That's literally it. Some, some of the dumbest people I know make $10 million a year, you know, take home. And, right. but they're really good. They're actionaholics like me. So I, I go look at Steve and I go, is that what we're supposed to do? And he says, yeah, that's what we're supposed to do. And you think we're just supposed to do real estate deals the rest of our life? No, there's a natural evolution. You go do real estate deals 
and then you add a title company, then you add a lending business. I go, a lending business? You're going to start a lending business? Oh, yeah, I just start opening my LLC. I'm doing this, this, and I'm like, wow, we're supposed to be doing it. I goes, yeah, we're supposed to be. So it li that's literally the conversation that got me to go start a title company. Somebody around you has to kind of give you permission. I'm not that smart. I'm a herd right. animal. I do what the herd does. And so if I'm aware of that, then I just want to be around the fastest, most amazing herd that's going in the direction I want to go. And, you know, if you look at the Lion King, do you want to be the hyenas or do you want to be the lions? Yes. You know, I don't want to hang out with the hyenas that are joking all day long and living in a freaking cave. And so a lot of the people that I, I talk to on a daily basis in my DMs or when I'm traveling around, Pace, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. My first question to them is not what book you read, not what this you did, not what seminar you went to. It's who's your most successful friend and what do they do? And they go, oh, my most successful friend bags groceries at Smith's Grocery Store, Mike. Well, there's your problem. You think it has anything to do with strategy. It has everything to do with step one, get around and pay, even if you have to pay for it, pay a hundred bucks to be, be in the right room, pay $5,000 to be in a, a, the, the right room. As you upgrade and you make more money, you'll spend more money to get into the right rooms with people going the direction you want to go. It is always a who question, not a how. Yeah, that's it. Uh really important. I mean, one of the big things, obviously, then with that is knowing what, like you said, paying or finding the right kind of people, because a lot of times we might not have the direct connections to those people. And that's like through masterminds or different, different yeah, circles like if around you. If, you, you. Walk to Wal if I go into Walmart right now and I go, I want to go network with people. Well, Walmart's not a great filtering mechanism for me, <laughs> is it? That, like those people are obviously there to get produce or meat or whatever else. What's the filtering mechanism to make sure that the people I'm about to talk to has already filtered those people out to know they're all trying to do the same thing I'm trying to do? A local real estate meetup would be a good filter. The problem with a local real estate meetup is they're free and they attract a free mindset. Mm. I don't want to be around a free mindset for long. That's a great first step, second step. Then I want to start going to seminars that cost $2.99 for a three-day thing. Then I want to start going to a place where people are spending $1,000. I'm at a point right now that I paid 50 grand to be in a room full of other people for two days in the Bahamas that are all making a minimum of $10 million a year. Filter, 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 filter your environment and get around the people that you want to be like or make the, the kind of money that they're making. You're not going to find people that are making a million dollars a year in a free real estate meetup. People making a right. million dollars a year don't have time for free stuff. They go, I will pay... $1,000 a plate to go to a restaurant that gives me the experience and the, and, and the environment I want. Those are the same people that go, I'll pay 25 grand for a two-day you know, experience mastermind so I can only be around other people that also have the resources and the mindset to spend $25,000. That was a big thing too is I'm like, I'm, I don't want to pay for education. It's like, now I'm, I don't care about the education because the education is subpar compared to the people I get to connect with. So for me, going on a $25,000 excursion to the Bahamas is like what I'm learning in that room is secondary to who I'm meeting, right? Sure. Other people that also stroked a check for $25,000 is a pretty strong filtering mechanism. And I walk away not as a, with a new relationship. More often than not, I walk away with a new business venture because I met somebody who has an absolute amazing something going on in their life that was willing to spend 25 grand to be in the same room as me. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I know we've got a little bit of time left. You were saying one of the big questions you always got to ask is, 
hey, Pace, you know, how do you do this creative financing? How do you get those zero down deals? Kind of give us some steps or what you go through to you know, make that happen. It's so absolutely easy. Here's the problem with real estate right now. People go, ah, uh, the only thing I know how to do to find a deal is I'm going to go to a real estate agent. Guys, let's be honest about real estate agents. Real estate agents don't make money. Why are you trying to find deals from people who don't know how to make money? An average real estate agent makes forty to $60,000 a year. That's the last person I'm going to go to to go find a deal. I'm going to go find other deal makers. Okay, Wholesalers are really great. How do I find them? Well, there's free Facebook groups. Every single city that you live in, whoever's listening to this, type in Facebook group, your city name, wholesale real estate, and you'll get 15 opportunities to go and network with people that are out there finding off-market deals. That's, that's easy. An even easier one, if you actually want to go find the deals yourself, okay? Go on, PropStream has it, Batch Leads has it, Privy has it. There's a list of expired listings, okay? People that gave an agent the opportunity for six months to sell their house. The agent wasn't able to. In Arizona, we have about 14,000 expired listings just in the last six months. Wow. That's where the majority of my deals come from are expired listings. Agents failed to sell the house. I called the, the seller directly. I go, hey, my name is Pay. Saw your house was on the market. Was there something you were looking for on the market that you weren't able to get? And then the seller goes off and complains about the agent, 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 agent. And I say, yeah, I'm not a big fan of agents either. That's why I called the sellers directly. The way I buy houses is I take over people's existing payments. Is that something you'd be open to? And I start a conversation. Okay, 14,000 people just in my county. Think about how many counties there are in 50 different states. Think about how many expired listings there are. People that tried to sell their house but failed. And as interest rates are rising, buyers are not able to qualify for those homes. Expired listings are on the rise in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. Foreclosures, another really great list. Call foreclosures. In Maricopa County, five people a day get foreclosed on. What does that tell me? Well, that tells me even after I've taught all these thousands of people across the country how to go help people save, save their homes from foreclosure and take over existing payments, we still got five people a day that we're not reaching. So we need all the help we can get. If you're an aspiring real estate investor, you want to get a deal tomorrow, call a foreclosure and go on my YouTube channel and type in Pace Morby foreclosure. And I got a whole breakdown of exactly how to talk to them, what to say, what's the foreclosure process, what you're going to encounter. And then also I have a link down below of like, how you can find other people in your local area to help you go on appointments. I have a list of like 300 people on a Google Drive that are just like, I'll go on an appointment with you. You find an appointment, I'll go there, I'll help you sign the paperwork, we'll buy the deal and we can JB and do the deal together. And so in that, you said that works for the single family, obviously you were talking about, but also multifamily also or is it mostly? Yeah. I'm looking at, um, let's see, where what do I got? Right here, um, I've got um, 587 a unit right here in Texas that we just bought. I got a 256 unit deal right up here in Springfield, Illinois we bought, all seller financed. <laughs> Last year I bought 1,500 multifamily doors all using creative finance, 1,500. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we've got, we have a total of $300 million in current assets under management. And I'd say less than 5 million of the $300 million were purchased with either cash or a bank note, like where I went out to a bank and it qualified. So $295 million of me not qualifying, not talking to a bank, not showing tax returns, W-2, or using any of my own money. And then on the, let's just say the multifamily ones that you're able to acquire there, are they more like subpar or are they like class A, class B? Like what are they class, kind class of fall a is in? A game, but class A is a different game, right? So okay. every class, class A, class B, class C, it's all a completely different game. Those almost are completely different business strategies, right? Mm. 
Okay. I'm not going after Class A right now. Okay, Class A is one of these, when you have more money than cents, and you go, I'm just going to go buy a, a lot of Class A, my cap rate or my return on my investments not going to be phenomenal because there's no value I can provide to that property. It's already at the top of the top of the top. Right. The game plan with a Class A is that I'm going to have lower turnover, right? So that's a different game plan. I don't want to have a big team of asset managers managing this asset. So you have lower turnover. Your appreciation, okay, will go higher in the future. And you also, all right, when the market is trending downward, Class A is not going to take a big hit. It's about like Grant Cardone plays the Class A game. I don't play right. the Class A, A game yet. I think at some point we'll have more money than we have deals. I think people that are in doing Class A have more money than they have deals. People mm. in Class B, they want to go in and do some more nitty-gritty work, like take a property that's under-rented, go renovate the property, raise rents, and then exit at a higher number so that at some point they can have more money than they have deals. Okay. And they can start going into class A. I'm in the class B category. I used to be in the class C category, which was like 40 unit, 30 unit, 1970 vintage, 1980 vintage. And you have a lot of like government assistant tenants and stuff like that. The, man, the, the upside is huge because you can improve those properties, raise the rents. The downside is also huge because now you're dealing with knucklehead tenants that you can't evict, right? Because they're right. in government assistance. So I think the sweet spot is B plus. And so my, like my property in Houston, 580 plus units, that's a B, maybe almost B plus property. My property in Springfield, Illinois is a B minus property. So I really am in the B category. I've got 408 units in Charlotte, that's B plus. I've got um, 192 units in Raleigh-Durham area, that's a B plus. So I'm like, and I'd say in two years, I'll start doing 20% of my deployment of capital will go into class A, but right now, 80, 90% of it's class B, 10% of it is still class C. Gotcha. Okay. And, and so then you use that same process to go buy whatever your 585 unit property. Yeah, a little bit different process. What we're doing there is we're looking for tired landlords. Okay. So like, uh, uh, mm. here's the thing. Anybody that's a business owner, if you guys know other business owners, you know that most business owners are trash at being business owners. Okay. Trash. Like their systems are horrible. They don't have assistance. They don't have operations. If they took a month away from their business, they would come back to a business up in flames. That's literally 90% of business sure. owners I've ever met in my life. Maybe more. Maybe yeah. it's 98%. So what, what, what am I getting at? I'm getting at the fact that people that bought real estate have owned it for 10 or 15 years. They, they're not real estate investors. Okay, like I'll give you a really specific example. I've got a property in Corpus Christi, 30 units, seller finance, $0 down. 4% interest, the seller gave me 50-year terms. So I have 50 <laughs> years to make a payment, okay? No balloon, which is amazing. Why did Mo, the seller, give that to me? Well, because he is not a real estate investor. He owned convenience stores on corners, and he has like 20 of them. His CPA told him one day, you need to get into real estate because we need to get some tax benefits of owning this real estate. So he goes and starts buying properties with cash, and... Fast forward 10 years later, these properties are in disarray. He doesn't know how to manage them. He's not raising rents. And he's just like, this has become a bigger problem for me than this was ever a benefit for me. Right. That is what we call a tired landlord. And so we have data that shows anybody that owns a property over 10 years has not raised rents in the last five is a tired landlord. It's very simple data. And the fact is I could go pull 
I got data that I could find out what you had for breakfast three weeks ago. At what time? Like, it, welcome to 2023 and 2024, yep. right? Like, this is the world we live in right now. So uh, we have data that we pull that says these 400,000 owners have owned these properties for over 10 years and have not raised their rents in five. And those are the people we call. We say, hey, we'd love to pay you whatever your price is as long as you give us terms. And that's what we did with Mo. The value of that property was $2.7 I paid $3 million for it. Because what do I care, right? 4% interest, 50-year note, no balloon, no money down, no credit check, no application. I just take over 30 units that are all currently cash flowing on day one. As long as my cash flow pays my payment to Mo, Mo's now my bank, what do I care if I paid 300 grand over the property when the people that are paying for the property are not me? (laughs) Yeah. My tenants are paying for the property, so what do I care? And you get a lot of, you know, the majority of my properties, I am buying them 90, 85, 87 cents on the dollar. But from time to time, I, I don't mind going up 110% of the value of the property if my terms are equally on the other side as beneficial to the benefit the seller receives. For And by the way, why the hell would the seller sell on cash? That's the better question. Like people go, why would a seller sell to you on seller funds? Why the hell would a seller sell to me on cash? It's the dumbest thing Ever. The properties were 2.7. He has to go and do repairs for your stupid bank that you got to go get a loan from. He's got to get an appraisal done. The bank's going to come in and criticize the property. He's got to do more repairs. Then he, as the seller, has to pay two real estate agents, your dumbass real estate agent and his dumbass real I love real estate agents, but you get to my point. So his $2.7 million property, he's going to end up netting 2.3. Then if he bought the property for a million 15 years ago and now he uh, he has a 1.2 or 1.3 million dollar gain guess what he's got taxes mm. and he yep. also has depreciation recapture so if he has depreciation recapture from when he bought the property i know that some of this is going over some people's heads why would he sell to to you on cash he can get $3 million from me with a monthly payment, avoid realtor fees, avoid all the crap, avoid appraisals, avoid surveys, avoid repairs, avoid all this stuff. He'll actually net $3 million plus the 4%, which that 4% over the time I own the property will more than pay for his taxes that he'll have to pay by the time he receives all his payments. It, is, it doesn't make sense for somebody <laughs> to sell on cash. And so... My, when people say, why would a seller sell on creative finance? Why would they sell on cash unless they're dumb? It doesn't make sense. So, and when I talk to a seller and they hear that, they go, wow, you're right. Send over the paperwork. Let's get this deal done. That's how it's so much easier than going to a seller and go, hey, seller, I know you got a broker, you got to pay a fee to. I got a broker, I got to pay a fee to. We got banks involved. We got appraisals. We got this. You got to put repairs into the thing. My lender won't give me a loan unless the repairs are done. You're going to be $500,000 before all this is done. And it's going to take 90 days with a high likelihood that it's actually going to fall out of escrow. Okay. What happens if interest rates rise during our negotiations or during this inspection process, or my lender takes a long time and they got to bump the thing and no longer this is a good deal for me. How about we just go direct? Screw all these other people. It's like it's the easiest business on the planet. You go directly. 
why would I go through 17 people just to talk to the one person that actually owns the property? How about right. I just go directly to the seller? It doesn't make any sense to me. So commercial brokers, they don't like me because I go around them and I don't need them. In fact, I, I'm the, I, it's the opposite. You make my life hard because you don't understand real estate. You understand how to list a property and sell two, two, three deals a year at $5 million and you can drive your cute little BMW. Learn creative real estate and you'll never need any of that stuff. Brokers, you don't even technically need a title company or a closing attorney. We use title companies and closing attorneys, but you don't technically need them. We don't need real estate agents. I don't need banks. I don't need appraisers. I don't need inspectors. I don't need, need any of that stuff. And I guess best part is I don't have to syndicate and raise a bunch of capital to go buy a deal. I can go buy a, right. a $100 million deal in, in Dallas or Houston. $100 million deal. I, I, I raised this much capital for a $100 million deal. Zero. Zero point zero dollars raised. My $20 million deal in Springfield, Illinois, I raised $2 million temporarily. And the way I structured it, that seller kicked back that $2 million. So I didn't have to actually be out of pocket or even have private investors in it. It's ridiculous. So when people send me cash deals in my DMs, I go, I don't, I'm not even looking at your cash deal. It's a waste of my time. Your cash deals are a waste of my time. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it makes sense, you know, as you're talking about it more and more. I mean, are those listings out there like that you are like, hey, yes. they well, have the property listed or is it kind of like the houses? Both, 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 both. If you go to landwatch.com right now, here, I, I don't know if you'll even let me screen share. And I don't even know if anybody will actually be able to uh, see this because it's a podcast. But let's let's go on landwatch.com right now. Okay. And I'll do a little screen share for your audience, just real quick. Cool. Okay, you'll be people will be freaking blown away by this. Okay, let's go United States. Owner financing listings: twelve thousand five hundred seventy-eight properties. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now this isn't just it's it's land, it's mobile sure. home parks, it's apartment complexes. That's just on LandWatch.com. Okay, I've got a property sitting in my inbox right now. I appreciate you letting me do a little uh, screen share because I got a really good deal right now. Anthony awesome. Fleming. Yeah. Okay, this is a secondary home for me in Whitefish, Montana. Okay, I tell the, this, the, here's what's funny. I'm not going to make him feel silly or anything like that, but I, I kind of have to tell you the story. Okay, let's do a little screen share on this. So this gentleman, uh, agent that I'm talking to, calls me up and he goes, hey, Pace, I heard you're, you know, planning on buying a second home up here in Whitefish. Okay. Anthony Fleming, shout out Anthony. And I said, yep, but I will not buy a property with cash. Okay. And he goes, really? Are those out there? And I, I after I taught him like two minutes of stuff, he goes and finds me this property. Okay. Let's look, let's look at this. I don't Oh, you can't see it. He's just saying, this is the contract in like 24 hours. Okay. He finds me this deal. Let's pull it up right. on the internet. You will be blown away. You can buy, you can buy anything from a mobile home park to a luxury home, whatever it is that you want. You tell me what you want. I'll find it in five minutes on terms. Okay. Let's check this out. This is a good looking house, by the way. Okay. It's on Zillow. $3.7 million home on Zillow. Wow. Okay. Seller will give me 4% interest, a 30 year note, Right up in Whitefish, I can turn this into an Airbnb. He'll give, he'll let me put 10% uh, down. 
Okay, so I'll basically put about $400,000 down on this property. It will be a second home for me and my family in the winter, or the summer, I, I apologize, in the summer. And then I'll Airbnb it 10 months of the year that'll pay for all the payment for me. I no credit check, okay? The coolest part about it is I'm the 400 grand, if you're a brand new person, you're like, 400 grand, that's a lot of money. I remember how I felt when, I, when somebody told me something was 400 bucks. I'm actually bringing a partner into this deal. I bring the deal that's listed, by the way, on the MLS, on Zillow, it's on there, seller finance. People just aren't educated on this. It's ridiculous. So I'm yeah. bringing a partner to bring the 400. I brought the deal, which is actually very little work on my part because all I had to do was find an agent, teach them, they go find the deal. I'm now a 50-50 owner and somebody else brought the 400 grand to the deal. I'm no money into the deal. Um. No money in the deal. I now, I'm a part owner of a $3.7 million uh, home up in Whitefish, Montana, one of the most highly desirable areas for billionaires to retire. On terms, 30 years, no bank involved, no appraisal. And guess guess what? Out of that $400,000 we put down, the seller has to pay my agent and the seller has to pay his own agent on that deal. Um, hmm, interesting. So yeah. the seller walks away with 4%. He'll walk away with like $180,000. That's the top of the line, like luxury home. And if I told you story after story after story of, mobile homes all the way to single family homes. This year I'll buy 500 single family homes all subject to or seller finance. No bank needed, direct to seller, expired listings, okay? I'll buy another 2,000 apartment doors this year. Same way. I'll buy probably close to 3,000 doors this year all with creative finance. As everybody else is running away from the market, I'm running into the market and gobbling up the most amazing asset class. And people think asset classes, single family and multifamily. That's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the asset class of interest rates under 4% is the mm, most powerful yep. asset class on the planet. So I'm going in and gobbling these all up. Market's trending downward. I'm, I'm essentially buying properties that will lose 10% of their value over the next 18 months. Maybe more. I don't buy deals for equity. I buy deals for cash flow, tax benefits, future appreciation, and longevity, right? I'm not, these aren't, I'm not flipping. Okay. I don't want a full-time job. If you're flipping or you're wholesaling, you've got a full-time job. I don't want a full-time job. I want cash flow coming in every single month, like that property in Atlanta. Spits out $15,000 last month, this month, and next month. 15 Gs, net. Most people in this audience could live on $15,000. That's one property. One property. Now, my average isn't 15000 My average uh, single-family home averages $500 a month in net cash flow across the board. But as here's the cool thing. As my rents increase, my debt will not. And so in two years, my cash flow average goes to six fifty. In two more years, it's eight twenty five. In two more years, it's over 1000 bucks. But guess what? My debt stays the same. My payment, my monthly payment stays the same. The coolest thing is that my tenants are paying that all off to zero. I'm not paying that. Right. The, the thing that blew me away, I didn't realize this, but now when I look around and I look at people out in the regular world, I'm at Disneyland, right, the other day. And I'm looking at every human being, and the thing that kept popping in my head was 33%, 33%, 33%, 33%, 33%. That's how I look at other human beings. Why? Because the average human being goes to their job and they think they work for Hewlett Packard, Walmart, Target, whoever they think they're working for, and they take 
33% of their paycheck and pay it to me and my debt and my cash flow and my pay down. They pay 33% of their rent towards their living expenses at their house. That goes to pay down my debts, pays for my cash flow, my tax benefits, my living expenses, everything else. So the reality is they work for me. I'm their silent employer. They don't even know my name. <laughs> they don't know my name, yet they're going out to work. And so you have to change the mindset of, um, and I, I'm in, last thing I'll say, I was in Louisiana looking at a 192 unit building that we own. And I'm standing out there doing a drone shot or you know running a YouTube video and whatnot. And one of the tenants comes out and he goes, hey, who are you? And I go, oh, I'm, I'm the new possible owner. And this guy asked me such a great question. He says, how do I go from being the tenant to being you? <laughs> and I, I gave him a 20 minute answer and he was like, oh my gosh. I said, first off, let's, let's talk about you come out here smoking weed. That's probably first problem. Okay. Second problem is here it is Thursday afternoon and I'm here making money, but what are you doing right now? Thursday afternoon, he's like, oh, I'm like, bro, you got, you got problems with your friends. You got problems with the people you're hanging out with. Forget about the real estate strategies. You got bad people you're hanging out with. Fix that. And then I gave him a couple of things and he goes, yeah, but I don't have credit. I go, yeah, I don't, either do I. He goes, but I don't have cash. I go, yeah, either do I. And I pulled up my bank account. I had like less than $2,000 in my bank account. He goes, then how are you buying this? I'm like, creative finance. If you learned creative finance just from my free YouTube, you could go and buy a 192 unit apartment complex with no money out of your pocket, no credit check, no job history, no tax return, nothing. It's true. It truly is that simple. The problem is it always comes down to mindset and people believing in their capabilities and believing more importantly that they're worth doing it. And people don't take action because they don't believe they're worthy of it. Wow. Tons of great information. Guys, I hope you guys are really listening to what Pace has been talking about. Make sure you guys rewind, go back, listen, and watch this again. Take some notes, exactly everything from mindset to different strategies that he's dropped for you today, and then start thinking a different way. That's one of the most important things. If you're stuck where you are now, start thinking a different way, and then start surrounding yourself with the people that you aspire to head towards, that you want to look to have as a mentor, and everything else. Right before we wrap up, what's one something you're like, man, I've never shared this before. I really want to share it or just some amazing insight I got to leave with people today. Oh, man, I spend 20 hours a week on lives. I, sh I share just about everything I possibly can. <laughs> I, I, would I would tell you the market is, go is going to continue to trend downward. So people that are fearful are lacking skills. The people who have confidence right now have skills to go and raise capital, find deals, use creative finance. You have confidence in the downward trending market. If you are fearful, you're a loan officer, processor, underwriter, a real estate agent, somebody in the traditional real estate world, the reason you're fearful is because you lack skills. So go and learn those skills and you will dominate and you will look forward to and pray that the market trends downward because it's only more opportunity for you. It's all, it's all about what skills you have in your pocket uh, that makes you feel confident or fearful in an upcoming market crash. Awesome. And where can people get more information on what you have going on and you got a TV show and everything? Who cares about the TV show? TV show is on a &E. You guys can go watch that. I, you know, my YouTube channel gets 4 million views a month. People love it. I, it, we give like unfiltered, un, like just unscripted, amazing content there. Go to my YouTube channel. You guys can connect with me there. Perfect, man. Well, Pace, thank you again for coming on Making Bang. Such an honor to have you. I shared some amazing insights today. Uh, so appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. This is amazing. Thank you. 
I am Josh Felbert. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, SuccessThinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.